0: here, See my old friend Abraham. Can you tell me where he's gone? He freed a lot of people, but it seemed good they die young. You know I just looked around. Tell me where he's gone. He freed a lot of people, but it seemed good they die young. I just look. I just look around and it's gone Didn't you love the things that they stood for? Didn't they try?
1: Abraham and, and John. Hey, Dennis O'Brien, and I'm here with a group of people, and we're all a little bit teary-eyed after listening to that song. It's a great song about four great men and uh, one of them is uh, somebody who we're featuring today on the show, as we do every year for the past, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, uh, Susan, we've had uh, a tribute to Martin Luther King Jr. around the time of his uh, holiday, which is also, uh, you know, sometimes it falls right in his birthday, which it does this year. Mm-hmm. His, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was born on um, the 15th of January in 1929, and the holiday this year is falling on the 15th of January, 2024. So we're here to celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. and also to uh, talk a little bit about something that's going to happen tomorrow in Willimanic that's really important. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've got a great group with me today. I've got uh, Melanie Roberts, first time ever on Let's Talk About It. First time. First time ever, but not on the radio. She's been on the radio before Mm -hmm. in different contexts. (laughs) and uh she's uh, connected to the uh NACP, as susan and i are and also dwight bachman who's been here before and he's been with us a couple times at least to uh honor martin luther king on the, at this time of the year dwight thanks for coming in that's
2: my my honor my high honor
3: so. well, i just want to say thank uh, both of you for being here today it's great to have you here to uh, talk about and celebrate the life of Martin Luther King and think about the amazing work that he was able to do based on a lot of work that happened beforehand. Uh, he organized for a long time, getting people together to get to the point where there was a group big enough to impress the President of the United States to do the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. and. Uh, And those are hugely important things uh for everybody in this country and so he deserved amazing honor and that's why we want to make sure people remember that when we do the show because it's uh what we do here is to try and make sure people uh know what's going on and what happened and what we're doing in the future so so we're so very pleased that both of you are here with us today
1: yeah i i uh you know, I, this is a, this is a, one of our most important days of the year. I, I mentioned to John it this morning on WILI that we would be having our annual tribute to Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, with with Melanie, and that uh, he said, "Wow, great show." And uh, I don't get that from John that often. John, of course, does the news on WILI in the morning, and um, you know, it's it's great to have you two here to to talk about um, Martin Luther King Jr. and and before I go uh, any further, there is, I talked about a great event coming up tomorrow. And uh, Melanie, maybe you want to tell our listeners what, what is that going to happen?
4: Um, it's a very exciting event. It's shifting the culture climate through the study of King Yin nonviolence. Um, it's starts at one, it's from one to four at Calvary Baptist Church, 412 Valley Street, Willamantic Connecticut. Um, There's a keynote speaker, Dr. Dennis S. Canterbury, as well as um, some music um, by Bob Bloom. So please come out and join us. It's going to be a nice event, and I would like to see a full room. Well,
1: uh, Susan and I have attended a similar event uh, many times at uh, Calvary Baptist Church, and it usually is uh, packed is packed, and the speakers are wonderful. And uh, um, you know, I'm going to ask Dwight to talk a little bit about Dennis Canterbury. Well, Dennis is a um,
2: a um, renowned uh, scholar on international development. Uh, He's from Guyana. Uh, He knows his African American history. He knows his Caribbean history. He knows Martin Luther King uh, very well. Um, he has written a couple of books. Uh, he's just a prolific writer. He's a wonderful speaker. And he's funny. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything goes down better over some laughter. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he is he's the keynote speaker tomorrow and uh, uh, they've asked me to introduce him, so I'm gonna Try to be nice to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you're listening. No, that's didn't know nice. That. Very had, good. Very good. Uh, uh, well, uh, uh, that's what I'm going to try to do. And uh, but he's he's I think everyone should come out and listen to this man. He mm. just retired from Eastern after 25 years. I forgot how many years he's worked there, but uh, the stu- all the students love him. Mm. Um, he's an orator from from way back. Um, but his scholarship and his analysis of uh, history, current events, uh, politics, government, uh, you name it. Dennis Canterbury can talk about it.
1: Well, Dwight, you know, just like you, he's been a regular guest on this show. Uh, I go back a long way with Dennis Canterbury I met him not long after he came to town yeah mm-hmm. and he's been here around as long as you have in terms of I don't know an Eastern yeah and and uh, you know listen lives will manic and and uh, he's he's a solid citizen and I know I uh, I usually end up every election day at the front of the VFW uh, campaigning mm-hmm. trying to get people to vote for guess who the Democrats and uh, I always see, I'm always very happy to see Dennis Canterbury because he's in that voting district. Yeah. 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 And, and and I just saw him at the uh, most recent election and we had a nice chat and, yeah. and I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's always got a lot of uh, really things to say that I've never heard before. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> and that's what, that's right. what he's going to do. That's I know right. I talked to him earlier in the week, I got, and thanks to you Dwight. I. I, I had his his office number and his home number, but I did not have his cell phone number. Yeah. I was not I was not that close to get that cell phone number, but oh. I now I have it. And Dennis can't do a thing about it. Let's to change it. And I so I got a hold of Dennis earlier in the week. He said he couldn't make it tonight, but he was looking forward to tomorrow and seeing us all great. tomorrow. Great. So great. That, that is great. He, he's just a he's a uh, great guy. He's a great great guy, and he has a wonderful temperament wonderful affect he's just nice. a, a lovable guy that's yeah, what he that's is it.
4: It. he's but. a
3: wonderful activist i know he's been at, you know very very good on civil rights issues at at eastern mm. and uh i've been to at least two events where he's been, organized a group of people with the NAACP and and uh working to make sure the students uh, have have a good understanding as well about mm. the civil rights movement and uh organizing people uh, throughout the state, which is so important for all of us to be
1: part of.
2: Yeah. He's also served as a, uh, a mentor to um, a group on campus called Males.
1: Yes, we know them. Mm-hmm. So that's Go ahead. Uh, to, why don't you talk about Males? Yeah, tell them. It's tell a great I, group. It's
2: a very, very good well, group. It's, yes. it's a, a group of um, students, um, uh, mostly men of color, but it's not restricted to men of color. Uh, African Americans, Latinos, whites, Asians, whoever wants to join. And male stands for men. Gosh. Um.
3: Well, let me just say, males, I met them when they were helping out with a garden club one day, and I was there helping with a garden club too. And uh, they all came, and it was a wonderful uh, wonderful offer of help. And every so yeah. often we had one of the leaders from Males, although they claim they don't have anybody who's a direct leader uh, in, in Males. But he has been on the show, and he's, I think, on the verge now of graduating from mm-hmm. Eastern Connecticut State University. He was talking to me about going to law school. Mm-hmm. So
2: it's... Um, it stands for uh, Men... Uh so. Leadership, excellence, and service. I'm trying to figure out what the A is. What is the A, huh? Yeah. What is the A? But anyway, I was going to try. I was trying.
1: Now you got most of it, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to try anymore. What I like if about the A comes to mind. I will. I will. I will, yeah, I will break it, in. will come
2: to mind. What I like about <laughs> the group, though, is that, you know, they hold each other to. They set a standard of, of, of behavior. Uh, in a lot of there are a lot of stereotypes about African American men uh, and this group um dispels those stereotypes uh and raises the bar on how people to look at uh, males and how they ought to look at themselves uh, they come to, to all day long on wednesdays which is the day that they meet at i think it's three o'clock now uh, they wear a shirt and ties to campus and they, they just they conduct themselves in a very uh, Elegant uh, manner, and they're very serious about their academics, uh, and and that's what I like about them. I'm so proud of them, you know. So yeah,
1: they they certainly are, are very impressive, and I, I was going to point out, but you did already that they're always very well dressed, and, and they and they yeah, look, it look like a bunch of ju- a bunch of lawyers or a bunch of judges. Yeah, that's yeah, important. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it is important, and 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 I. Uh, I know I used to. Uh, I don't dress up as much as I used to when I was a judge. Right. And and when, and, and I'm still a lawyer, but I don't. I don't go to court that often anymore. I have to go to court this week though, and uh, I'll be dressing up. Mm. I have to dig deep into my wardrobe. <laughs> <'cause> I, uh, <laughs> ever since I left the, uh, the my the judgeship, I uh, I uh, I don't think I've bought this, bought a new suit since then. But oh, I had wow. enough of them. back then and Dwight I know you I got a bunch of them too you got a bunch (laughs) of them too I know you do (laughs) and and, you know and uh, fortunately uh, I still fit into uh, half of them Mm. and that Uh, that, you know that's maybe six of them or seven I don't know it could be more I'm that's trying impressive. to
2: lose weight so I can get back into them, because I, I like mine, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, you,
1: you're looking great. You're looking good. You always look good, Dwight. You're looking, you're looking good today with that Boston hat on. So that's some Red Sox hat?
2: I picked this up at a Cumberland gas station. <laughs> it's impressive.
1: It's bright and, keeps, and, and cheerful. It and, uh, keeps me warm. Yeah, that's practical. Mm-hmm. It's no, practical. Now, I've been, I've been fo- I'm following, I'm a follower of yours on Facebook, uh, Dwight, mm-hmm. and I noticed that You have been writing lately about hawks.
2: Yeah, I have a a red-tailed, a couple of them, uh, red-tailed hawks that have been visiting me. Uh, I didn't notice notice this until uh, about five years ago. I saw them out in the the trees in my backyard. And so I, I threw some chicken gizzards out there to them, and they came and grabbed them. (laughs) <laughs> and and uh,
1: friends for life now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now
2: they look like eagles. They're so big. Uh, they, yeah, I mean,
1: I've seen pictures of them. They are big, and uh, I, I'm a big I'm a big fan of the Philadelphia Eagles football team. <laughs> so I, I've also now taken to uh, putting stuff on my Facebook that uh, I don't have, I have no eagles in my backyard, but I, 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 there's some great, um, you know, you can find it almost anywhere. You can find pictures of birds on in flight. And, and Eagles are very impressive. Yeah. Well, let me just
3: say, you know, the grandchildren said, you know, Grandpa's always wearing shirts with birds on him. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Cardinals fan and an Eagles fan. Some and so, Grandpa, something what's going player, on uh, when they were really uh, little? they go, What's they're going on with Grandpa? He's got so those awesome. bird shirts. <laughs> they're just awesome. yeah, they are. <laughs> but going back to the events, I mean, it's wonderful that the Cavalry back, this Church is putting on this event. Mm-hmm. And it's great that Dennis Canterbury is, is the speaker. And uh, we have Dwight Bachman here doing the introduction. But I did want to go into a little bit about, you know, how we're organized in the community through the NAACP and, mm-hmm. and a little bit about, you know, getting everybody together in our group. And this is one way for us to contact each other and, and talk about why we're members. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to go... I
2: I joined the NAACP, I grew up in Iowa, so mm -hmm. I joined the NAACP way back then. I was a teenager, and as a matter of fact, they have invited me back a a couple years to speak at their annual fundraiser. This was back in 86 and 96. I haven't been back there to speak at that fundraiser since, but uh, uh, I've been involved with the NAACP for an obvious reason. Uh, there's so much injustice in the world mm-hmm. uh, and um, you know uh, Martin Luther King uh, The guy's just uh, was so amazing um, I mean his March on Washington mm. um, To me was all about reparations folks don't like to talk about reparations But I think if you read that speech as I have a dream speech as a matter of fact I think his other speech or his letter from a Birmingham jail was more powerful than this uh, uh, I Have a Dream speech. But in the I Have a Dream speech, he was talking about a blank check and, uh, you know, how it had, how it had not been uh, delivered to African Americans uh, because of all the segregation, discrimination, and everything else it's, That's still going on, I might add.
1: I think so. Uh, I think so. I think it's the focus of one of the presidential campaigns. Yeah. I won't Mm -hmm. say which one. So, I've
2: been involved with Mm -hmm. the NAACP, and I just, you know, I I love what uh, Leah has done. Uh, I mean, you can back me up, my Mm -hmm. dear, but I think this, this chapter of the NAACP is the fastest growing chapter in the whole state of Connecticut. It is and uh, i'm so proud of it because it, sh- it reflects the alliances that dr king advocated uh there are more white people involved in this chapter than any other chapter in the state mm-hmm. and the white people who are so involved in the naacp <coughs> shows you their commitment to justice mm. And there's a lot of talk, you know, a lot of talk, yabby yabby, yabby God you just get tired of hearing it, but you've got people in the uh your chapter mm-hmm. who are doing concrete things to advance the cause of justice, and that's what I like, yeah, about your chapter
4: yeah, i agree um i've been I'm a newer member um as of maybe about two years um I'm more active this year than I'm going to have been in the past but um, I agree with Dwight that it's a is a reason why we need to meet and discuss some of the issues that are, are going on and, um, and I want to take part of that dialogue um, I think it's important for anyone that is interested in, in understanding the injustice in this world should be a part so that they can have a better understanding and can appreciate it. Yeah,
3: I I agree. I mean, the reason I'm involved is, I mean, we go back, I go back a long way, legal services, Mm -hmm. making sure people are treated properly, making sure that we don't uh, put people out in the street, which we've been fighting against for years. In fact, during the time when Martin Luther King was uh, out organizing and when we had uh, the 60s where we had President Johnson, who signed the voting rights Mm -hmm. and the... um, uh, the Civil Rights Act into law. We also had a number of programs that created stability in people's lives. Yeah. We had the aid to families to dependent children, which was changed under the Clinton administration. Unfortunately, we had the Housing and Urban Development program, where they were building housing back in the day, and then Reagan stopped that. Yeah. Uh, we had a number of programs. The uh, now SNAP before then food stamp program uh, was created uh, in that during that time period as well. As to, make, to make sure that people had food, but also to make sure the farms were subsidized. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so it was really uh, a lot of different programs that gave people a lot of support and as they should have. We, we had uh, opportunities for education for low-income people. Mm-hmm. Uh, women on aid to families with dependent children could get two years of college free. Uh, we had a number of things that were all taken away and made much much harder to accomplish after Reagan became the president he ruined access to resources and that had been followed all the way until Barack Obama became the president where he started to make a little bit of an inroad with the Affordable Care Act but guess what the other side of the aisle the Republicans sued three times went to the Supreme Court and stopped uh, a lot of the uh, supports that would have been there and made the Affordable Care Act much more affordable, Uh, but nevertheless, now under President Biden, what do we have? We have better subsidies under the Affordable Care Act, Mm -hmm. and uh, we have some of the little language, things that were were tried by the Trump administration, where they tried to take away the subsidies and try and make everything, um, you know, not subsidized uh, under the Affordable Care Act. And so now uh, President Biden is trying to fix that. So Mm. I've been analyzing the health insurance aspects of this, uh, ERISA programs, Affordable Care Act, uh, uh, all these different insurance uh, things that really make sure everybody gets access to health care, because, you know, making sure people have the... The access to health care is something that we're focused on in the state of Connecticut. We're doing better with making sure people have the supports. But these are the kinds of things that we need to make sure we do uh, for for people. And um, we need to also, I know that uh, Dennis has been very focused on making sure we do more with education. Mm -hmm. And I'm on the education committee, so we want to try and make sure we finally got the education cost-sharing grant fully subsidized. As of 2026, but we need it to go a lot further in terms of making sure we do more with um, integration of our school systems and uh, make sure that you know people understand that. This is the way to go. You have better resources and you have more access to different types of educational opportunities when we do that. So carrying forward the, the vision of Martin Luther King uh, and his work to get to the President of the United States at that time oh, wow. it was phenomenal. Yeah. And, uh, and then to uh, have these different programs. Uh, put together, and we're still trying to follow and go and try and move forward now and make sure people have the things they need to to have a good life and to contribute to society.
1: Well, Mm -hmm. it's my turn now, but I'm seeing that we're getting, uh, the word is coming down from on high that it's time for our mid-show break. Mm -hmm. Time flies when you're having fun. Yes, it does. And uh, it's time for our mid-show break, and when we come back, I'm going to take the floor and talk about my involvement in the NAACP, and my history in it and uh, here it was it's all been here in willimanic but it goes back a ways mm-hmm. we'll come right back folks and we'll be right back with um, dwight bachman mm-hmm. melanie roberts susan johnson myself tennis o'brien and matt rupar talking about martin luther king jr and martin luther king jr holiday on on january 15th mm-hmm. but most important tomorrow we want to make sure people are well aware of the fact that there's a really important event tomorrow at the Calvary Baptist Church. That's tomorrow is the 13th of January, I yes. believe. It is on Saturday, right? Yes. Somebody said to me, I think it's on Sunday. No, no it's I on, Saturday. It on you, Saturday, you verified was, that. No. Yes, it's on Saturday. It's on Saturday, so it's tomorrow 24. at 1 p.m. at the Calvary Baptist Church. Uh, it's uh, 412 Valley Street. It's on the uh, the south side of Valley Street. Okay, not, not, not long before you come to Stop and Shop. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll be right back uh, with more talk about Martin Luther King Jr. after these messages from our wonderful sponsors. Here's okay, so so we're still being recorded
2: for the TV show. show no. right? I know Dwight, the hat's yeah. going to look good on television. He's, we're, we're,
1: we're going to do t- this. Is going to be on TV too. The, it's, it's going to
2: be on TV. Yeah, yeah. it's going to
1: oh, be oh, on uh, <laughs> cable access. Not tonight. Tonight it's live on the radio. But oh, okay. this is recorded. Be on Charter,
2: and, it'll be on YouTube.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. yeah and we
2: we'll
3: blast
2: it. I can show out
1: then. Yeah. Yeah. It's time
2: oh, yeah. to show out. <laughs> just show up, show out.
1: You're showing up. You're showing up. You, show, you showed up, and now you're showing up with <laughs> the hat. The red, the red. Nice outfit. Oh, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'll save what I was going to say for later yeah. about my history with the NAACP locally. Because it's, uh, it's, it'll add something to it.
3: Yeah, you your history said. is impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, have, I have
1: some impressive stuff to but say.
3: We, but Eugene we Bertrand, we, we should mention him because he's the one that contacted us. He was the one that was the uh, with the males, and he was doing work with the guards. That's Club. his name, yeah. Yeah, I was looking. Through, where was he? And I tried to go ECSU, but his name didn't come up, and then it
1: finally you found up,
3: it, huh? hmm. up into my brain. You found him.
1: <laughs> well, I, I I just want to say And this he was, was on our show, yeah. Because I'm the oldest one in the room, we've established that. Oh, really? <laughs> I was I was uh, the oldest one, of course, when all these horrible things happened that mm. were involved in that song that we play, except for Lincoln. And um, I was there. Yeah, you were you were younger.
3: I was. Yeah, Never but watched.
1: I was uh, well. When John Kennedy was shot, I was uh, let's see, it was in, it was in uh, '63. I was 20. Yeah, I was 12. I was I was a year away from being drafted. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Fortunately for me, I didn't go to Vietnam. I did not want to go to Vietnam, and I did not. Who did? And I was—I uh, spent most of my time, as I said before the show, in Massachusetts, uh, in the army. So uh, I uh, was lucky. Mm. And uh, like I said, I met a lot of New Yorkers. And uh, it's a
3: funny thing, isn't it? How nobody still knows how all this stuff happened. I mean, isn't that kind of creepy? The fact that you know all these years, when JFK was killed. I mean, I think it was, uh, the, the, you know, all three murdered, seems to me to be, uh, was uh, done by the same group. Mm.
1: I, th- I think you're probably right. I, I, I have to mention, because I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan, that Bob Dylan was there in 1963 when King gave his famous mm. I Have a Dream speech. Mm. Bob Dylan sang four songs, uh, and Joan Baez, was, Joan Baez got him in, actually. Mm. Bob wasn't as famous back then. But now Bob has done in his last album, which probably be his last album. He's older than I am.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: He uh, he did a, a long uh, sort of song, but it's more of a he's more of a rapper now. No, really. Like- yeah, I think so because uh, you know his voice is not you know isn't mm-hmm. by, ne- by necessity. <laughs> but he did a long, long, long rap song on uh, the, you know the the JFK shooting. Mm. He's he's been obsessed with that for a long time and about how he he believes that. You know, it wasn't done by a single individual.
4: Yeah. And who knows about same? all these yeah. other yeah,
1: Dick ones? Gregory, you know, well.
2: did Gregory felt the same? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. Yeah, you
1: know, he, you know, he did a song about Medgar Evers, mm. and, and, and the assassination of Medgar Evers. But anyway, um, we'll be back soon, and uh, one, minute. one minute. So anyway, I was I, having lived through that. Uh, three assassinations within a period of five years.
4: Yeah, mm. two was...
1: within two months of each other. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I mean, I, it, w- yeah. it was it was like stunning. Yes. And, and it was at mm-hmm. a time when I was uh, reformi- I had formulated my views, and my views were incredibly left left wing. Mm. And I was, I was I was just struck by the fact that all these good guys yeah. were being taken down. Yeah, one by one. One by one, and and, and it changed. uh, You know, actually, the the King assassination changed the relationship. I had a lot of relationships with um, black kids in Hartford. I played a lot of basketball up there, Keeney Mm -hmm. Park. And... um, it wasn't as safe for me to go up there after King was shot. Yeah, mm. it's true.
4: That's sad.
1: Well, I, it was real sad. It was sad mm-hmm. for me, and it was—I I was struck by the whole thing. It, was, yeah. it, it changed. It changed uh, a lot of things, and it was it, none of it was good. None of it was good. It was mm. bad. Yeah, a bad spot. I'm up. Two, one.
3: Welcome back, everyone. This is Susan Johnson. I'm here with my co-host, Dennis O'Brien, and we're going back to talk about our involvement with the NAACP. As we left off, we were giving uh, our little backgrounds on why we belong to the NAACP, and now, Dennis, it's your turn.
1: Yeah, I I, I began with the NAACP uh, because of a woman named Arlene Davis-Rudd. She was here, uh, she grew up in New Haven, uh, an African-American woman. Very, very, very active in the community. She and I served on a committee that was, uh, we were an advisory committee to the redevelopment agency. And uh, that was my first foray into local politics.
0: Mm. And
1: Arlene was on the committee. And she she organized a, a chapter of the NAACP here. Unfortunately, when she left town, in fact, I received an award for something. I still have it. And uh, from the local NAACP and when, when uh, but when she left town, it sort of fell apart. Mm. And then maybe uh, seven, eight years ago, was it? Something like maybe that. Maybe 10? No. Maybe not, it's... not, not 10. No, it's about. Along to... comes Leah Rawls mm-hmm. and, and, and some people from Norwich. There's a Mary, uh, oh God. Well, I think, I think Leah has, has friends in Norwich and they were active in the Norwich NAACP. Mm and they came up here and they organized a meeting to revive a chapter of the willamantic or the regional mm. it was it's not just willamantic regional yeah. NAACP. and wow what a job they did they needed to get 50 members mm. and i don't think we ever had 50 back in the back in the uh the 70s or 80s when i was involved before mm. but um it didn't take long they did a marvelous job of organizing and um Leah, of course, was at the at the head of it, but she got help from, I think her mother was involved and uh, her sister.
3: Her sister, and was the... has this woman named
1: yeah. Mary from um, Norwich, right? And, and ran
3: the NAACP there. And her sister has the um, her sister's a APRN, I believe, yeah. Who, yeah. who does the work in there. She is a she has a clinic in Norwich, and we've had her on the show about healthcare and the impact of um, of the uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. On black people and the differences and different metabolisms and things uh, that you know have an impact on vitamin D and that sort of thing
1: anyway but as Dwight and Mary have pointed out I mean it the, the membership is growing constantly
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh yeah you go to one of their annual meetings which we always do and uh, the crowd is just huge yeah. and, and, and it's it's friendly and it's diverse Mm -hmm. And it's just a wonderful group, and and, uh, I I think Dwight is absolutely right Mm -hmm. on when he says it's the fastest growing chapter of the NAACP in the state. If not, it the is. whole Northeast region. I mean, it's, it's just great. amazing. No, it
3: is. Well, it's a wonderful thing. I, I think that that's great. And part of the part of it, I think, has to do with the fact we have two university systems here. Mm. Actually, oh, yeah. three. That we else. have Quinnipiac Valley. We have ECSU and UConn. And I think that it brings in a lot of students, a lot of people interested in civil rights and the, the progress of our society as a whole. And uh, I think that that's part of the reason. But I also I think that you got the award for a liti- mm. this litigation that you were in. Uh, with Manchester case. Oh, uh, it was back when we were
1: suing Manchester yeah. for dropping out of the CDBG program, which is a program that's provided the uh, housing for lower income people. Oh
0: wow. Mm-hmm.
1: And Manchester, and, Mancha- and, and we, our, our allegation was that they were violating the Fair Housing Act because there was a, a there was a group of people that, if they were alive today, they'd be supporting, you know who. Mm-hmm. And they were yelling and screaming about people moving up to Manchester from Hartford. They oh, didn't wow. want those people there. Mm-hmm. And we sued them under the Fair Housing Act, and we got a we got a temporary <clears throat> injunction. But in the end, we lost. Hundred page decision, where the judge writes all this good stuff about our claims, and then at the end, we lose. But um, we did. Uh, we, you know. You know. We had. Uh, that's where I met uh, Kenneth Clark. Kenneth Clark was a famous sociologist. Yep. Mm. he was a witness for the plaintiffs in Brown versus Board of Education. Oh wow! He was a, an expert witness for us, because fortunately for us, the uh, just—we were legal aid lawyers—but the Justice Department joined in on the suit, and they had the Do re me to hire mm-hmm. expert witnesses, and Kenneth Clark testified. Oh, wow. I had an opportunity to have lunch with Kenneth, Kenneth Clark. I was like overwhelmed because <coughs> he was mm-hmm. so well known. He was a real famous guy.
2: Yeah.
1: And he said, you know, no matter what these people want, you're eight miles from Hartford and there's an awful lot of African-American people living in Hartford. And, and sooner or later, no matter what these people do, there's going to be a lot of Mm African-American people living in Manchester. And you know what? It's true today. Mm -hmm. It's very, very, uh, Manchester is actually a very diverse community. Now it's 60,000 people. And it's much, much the better for it. Mm. It's a great community now. Mm-hmm. And it all happened that. But, but Kenneth Clark is, uh, I told uh, Leah, said, someday I want to do a presentation to the uh, group on Kenneth Clark. Mm. And I haven't done it yet. But uh, uh, well, Leah is, uh, uh, hasn't, um, you know, hasn't really been pushing me to do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would like to do it. Uh, Kenneth Clark's wife was also a sociologist. And... Uh, you can find all kinds of things if you want to on the internet about Kenneth Clark and his wife.
2: Oh yeah, he was a very prominent. Um, very prominent. He educator. was educator, really. He was
1: quite elderly when yeah, I man. met him. I think he passed away probably around two thousand five.
2: And author.
1: You know. Oh, definitely mm-hmm. author. I mean, he was—he's was just amazing. And, and and the the fact that we were able to uh, be lawyers who were representing um, well, we were representing low-income people. Uh, legal aid clients were able to meet him and work with him and have him testify. And I was like, it was hard because you're so awed by the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, I got to do my job here. I can't just be, mm-hmm. sit there and go, oh, Ugh <laughs> this guy is so incredible. But I knew, uh, anyway, Kenneth Clark was, was one of my heroes. And every once in a while, I go on the internet and read more about him. Because mm-hmm. he, he was, I, I met him and, and, and had lunch with him and uh, talked to him many, several times. And uh, I, I was thrilled by that, but anyway, that um, so so this chapter here in, in uh, the Wyndham region is amazing. We've got a lot of Rodney Alexander's another stalwart. He is the uh, he is the first he is the first vice president, I believe. Uh, then there's also uh, others that are, are superstars in the group, mm-hmm. and it, it takes more. I mean, Leah is uh, obviously the, you know she is the Arlene Davis Rudd of uh, modern times. And she keeps the group together, but uh, it takes it takes it takes a village. It takes more than you know. It takes a lot of people. It does. There's a lot of good people, and, and, and when you go to the annual meetings, you see yeah the the, uh, the 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 group and the the diversity of the group and the uh, the capability of the group.
4: Yeah, Leah. Um, she has a a way of bringing people in, mm. um, and it's a unique gift that she has, and. Um, it's important in her role that she, you know, she is so knowledgeable on so many areas. And that's what attracts people is the information that she provides. So oh, she's charismatic. Oh, yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So no doubt um, about it. it's an honor to be a, a part of this. Yeah. Group. So you, you
1: what, what, did she recruit you in or did you just go and?
4: Um, she recruited me. Yeah. yeah, she recruited me. Um, Initially when I lived, because I'm from New York, I was on. The NAACP chapter in New York. Oh, well, well, that's great. Um, I didn't know. I, I've known Leah for over 20 plus years. And I didn't, we just lost contact just weren't, you know, communicating or seeing each other. Um, but once she got a hold of me, she didn't let me go. <laughs> and that's she what leaders do in 19th volunteer organizations. And, um, <laughs> I know that. But she keeps me involved. And it's, it's, It's a passion, it's something that, you know, I enjoy doing, um, being a part of it. So um, I definitely give her kudos for what she's doing and how she's holding, you know, the the group together and expanding at the same time. Well, one
1: great thing she did is she designated uh uh you two people to be on the show tonight
4: (laughs) uh, yes she did she picked you
1: two out and i thought you two knew each other real well you don't no that's because the organization is so big it is it really is it really is
4: but i'm getting acclimated so i'm gonna you're gonna see my face yeah and you are uh you're an educator yes i am and you
1: have you you have met leah in your in your work right
4: yeah we we Work in social work. Yeah, um, yeah, Since I moved to Connecticut, that's what I've been doing—social work. Wonderful. And um, working pretty much all of the agencies that are in Willamantic I've worked for, um, and then started my own agency. And what agency is that? It was Inspiring Independence LLC, and it works. We worked with individuals with traumatic brain injury, uh-huh. um, and home provided services, and um, yeah, it was a passion of. It still is a passion to work with um, anybody that has needs. Um, mm-hmm. Presently, I'm working at um, Nat York Hospital Journey House with adjudicated girls mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as an educator. Mm-hmm. So um, I've got a lot of experience and background in social needs and social services mm-hmm.
3: that's wonderful it's something that we really need and of course these are things that you know i think that because of the limitations we put in society on access to resources mm. a lot of the time that creates behavioral health issues yeah and uh, people don't have enough uh, a place to live mm-hmm. or enough food or you know, the, the right kind of things going on for the healthcare. care, uh, then, uh, then it creates uh, too much pressure, especially mm-hmm. for little ones growing up. Yeah. And uh, so we have to really be
4: cognizant of that. Are you working in the school systems too? Yeah, okay. I'm an educator. Um, we've got eight girls presently. Um, the facility holds up to 18, mm-hmm. um, grades 9 to 12. Um, very challenging group, but it's a passion of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like education is something that can't be taken from you.
2: You work with Project
4: Genesis. I used to work at Project Genesis Network. I'm on its board of directors. Are you? Tell
3: the the people listening about Project Genesis.
2: It's a local um, organization Mm -hmm. that deals with traumatic brain injury primarily. Mm -hmm. They have education programs, they have Tra- uh, uh, job training programs to help people who have been tra- um, um, injured uh, went through some means. I mean, there's so many different ways you can have your brain traumatized, mm-hmm. but they, uh, <clears throat> they take people and they literally transform their lives. Uh, uh, and I'm so proud. Uh, and I've never seen a excuse excuse me, a group of people so dedicated and committed to making sure somebody succeeds in life, Mm. you know. And uh, so they're right here in this
4: building. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. And uh,
1: the woman who, there's a woman who I think started it. Yeah. She retired Um, recently? Yeah, she did. Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, Yeah, Virginia. Virginia,
4: Renski? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: She's quite quite a person. She was awesome. Oh,
2: yeah. And uh, the new... CEO Kathy Rathen mm. uh, has got more energy than all of us put together. Good for her. Uh, That's very, saying a lot. That yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> this
1: is an energetic yeah, it is. Oh, You Just need it for that kind of work, Rupert, Rupert. too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
3: it's a, it's a very difficult situation to overcome a traumatic brain injury, oh, whether yeah. it's from an injury, you know, somehow you got injured, or whether it's from, I suppose, a stroke of some sort as well. Yeah, it can
2: be acquired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, a question I would, uh, I don't know if we. You want to do this, but what would Martin Luther King think today of what's going on? Um, what would he? What would he do? Um, you know, the guy had a bone in his back,
4: mm.
2: and he stood up to the president.
4: Yeah,
2: uh, he spoke. Yes, up. he did. Mm-hmm. Spoke out against the war in Vietnam, and people mm-hmm. told him you should stick to civil rights. You yeah. know, it was like, who are you, you little yeah. Negro? Mm-hmm. Well, you you don't deal with these public policy issues. Mm-hmm. You don't deal with, he didn't give it to him. He, you he know, spoke he. his piece. But what would he say today about, you know, uh, everything that's going on? <laughs> uh, and I don't want to get into a lot of politics, but I mean, when you think about a guy who has 41 felony accounts against him, mm-hmm. been impeached twice. Yeah. I mean I'm sure um, we, I we, can't imagine this is just me. I cannot imagine uh, anybody s- supporting a guy who keeps talking about election interference when what he did before January 6 was planned election interference on January 6th mm-hmm. and killed a bunch of people. Right. And just over it was an insurrection. Mm-hmm. And, yes, and, and and even Pence is calling it a. He said it was just a riot that got out of hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, what would Martin Luther King say about?
1: Uh, you know what? Uh, you're you're making stuff. me think, and uh, one of the things I'm thinking about is we only have about a minute left. Oh, I'm and, sorry. And, and I think I'm glad you brought it's, it's, that it's up. It's a great. Point. Yeah. It's a good. You know good what? You know what? You know. You got to come back Martin and do Luther a show King, on that. <laughs> if Martin Luther <laughs> King Jr. were still alive today, he he would make a wonderful candidate for president. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because he had he had the he had the following. Yeah. And he had the following because he was he he knew he knew the score, he knew what to say, he, he understood the issues. He was able to analyze them, he was able to articulate them, and he had enormous charisma. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is this is somebody that, this is the kind of person we need today. Yeah. And 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 to, you know, to tell it like it is, just like you just did uh, Dwight. And and I I'm really pleased to have you and uh, Melanie on the show with me and Susan. Uh our main goal, though, is to make sure people know that tomorrow yeah. at the Calvary Baptist Church, 412 Valley Street, from starting at 1 p.m., uh, there will be a tremendous uh, event with uh, a great speaker, in Dennis Can- Professor yeah, Dennis waiting. Canterbury, White Bachman, who's here today, will have the privilege to introduce him. And I'm sure you're going to give him a great introduction. He's <laughs> a good friend of yours, yeah, and yeah. you know him well. So this is Dennis O'Brien with... with <laughs> with Melanie Roberts, Dwight Bachman, Susan Johnson, Matt Rupar saying have a great evening and please try to make it to the Calvary Church tomorrow at 1 o'clock p.m. And we'll all be there to see you there. We Hope th- to fill. see you. you Hope nice. to see you. Thank you very much and thanks for listening.
2: We want to feel the house. Yeah. yeah.